0: Dose of Leadership podcast, episode 298.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership
0: and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. So happy to bring on my show today, Jan Bruce, the CEO at Mequilibrium. It's an interesting concept. It's an online interactive stress management system which helps both individuals and corporations achieve measurable results in stress management and wellness. Really fun and interesting conversation. We talk a lot about the United debacle on here, kind of a timely and relevant of the United thing happened a month and a half ago or so. But it was fun to talk to her about this United Airlines scandal. I certainly have a strong opinion on it as being a pilot myself. Um, but we talk about um, how these string of events that have happened in the airline industry, what we've seen play out on social media with United Airlines and kind of this these uh, it points to this kind of toxic culture that we're kind of going through right now and reflecting this kind of lack of empathy that you see everywhere, you know, for both employees and customers. You see it in Uber, um, you've seen it at American, you've seen it at United, certainly. And uh, we talk about it quite a bit. How we should own our mistakes. How empowering the employee, which I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I don't think that that mistake at United was so much of a, you know, it was it was more of a lack of a, what do we stand for more than anything else, and and lack of empowerment. Anyway, we'll get into the details in in the conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy Jan as well. Thanks again for being a fan of the show. Please, if you got the time, leave a rating and review at iTunes. It does so much to help the visibility of the show. The show continues to grow and garner a large audience, and I'm so thankful that you're here being a part of it. But take the time to leave a rating and review, it helps so much. And check out my Legacy Leader Blueprint course this summer doing something unique. You can be part of this show. I'm going to record two special episodes where I'm going to have some of these top thought leaders people have had on my show. And if you're in my mastermind, it's limited to 10 seats you'll actually be part of the conversation with one of these top thought leaders that you've heard on the show I'm working on who those individuals are going to be are. Now I've already had some uh, soft committals from some great legends of leadership and uh, I'll reveal those names here in the next coming weeks. But in the meantime, if you're interested, you need to apply. So reach out to me at Richard at Let me know that you want to be part of the legacy leader mastermind this summer where you can be part of the show. So you'll, Get access to my 20 videos. You'll get access to four live training sessions, masterminding sessions with me and nine other folks, and uh, you'll also get a one, uh, one-on-one, one-hour, one-on-one coaching session with me as well, and the bonus two interactive session with two separate thought leaders we'll record it, a 30- to 45-minute conversation, and play it here on Dose of Leadership, so reach out to me at doseofleadership.com or richardryerson.com to find out more. All right, without further ado, Jan Bruce, the CEO of Mequilibrium, here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Jan, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership.
1: Well, it's nice to be here, Richard. Thank you.
0: Well, I looked at your stuff, you know, over the last couple of days, uh, I love the name of your company, Mequilibrium, and I love this whole idea of resiliency, you know, coming from the Marine Corps, um, that was something that was really big. Uh, in terms of, oh, I guess as being an officer, uh, you know, this this kind of tenacity of never quitting and and how do you stay calm and focused in these stressful times. So kudos to you for kind of focusing on that aspect of business.
1: Well, thanks. You know, and yeah, it's it's a very interesting aspect of business because so often – it's our thoughts, uh, you know, that, that, that get in the way of our intentions. Yeah. So it's kind of the soft side, which is really the hard side.
0: It like, really is, you know, and a lot of times when you talk about these things of like, how do we, you know, stay kind of stress free? How do you stay calm? How do you compartmentalize those? kind of fight or flight feelings and all these stressful situations. Because let's face it, I mean, we're faced with chaos every single day of our lives, right? And um, I think the people that have the cutting edge or that can put themselves in front of this or or make a difference is how do you be that calming force within the chaos? Because the chaos is always going to be there. It's less about trying to put out the fires. It's instead, how can you be the calming force within the fire? What are your thoughts when you hear me say that?
1: I first of all say uh, he gets that you know you really get it um, but beyond you know beyond that um, our culture is, you know I, our culture has conditioned us to think that um, when there's adversity we can do something you know right. if it's our health we can take a pill to make it go away um, we can you know or we can if it's stress that we can, you know, eliminate the stress, you know, if the stress is the bad thing, we have to get rid of it. But the reality, as you're, as you are saying, is that life is a continuum of situations. And what we need to do is master the ability to uh, recover and renew, and also optimize in the midst of that, you know, the adversity and chaos. Uh, yeah, so I have been fascinated by that, um, you know, and, and in fact, trying to help us, um, you know, people and industries deal with that shift in our thinking that it's not about banishing the problem, it's about working with the problem.
0: And so it really is an internal challenge, right? I mean, I think a lot of times we think if we fix the external, then the stress will go away, but it's really about I, I, is it a holistic approach i guess i don't know i mean it's it's a really well, internal you know, process our, so
1: so in my work today and you know, i run a uh, a business mequilibrium i'm the ceo of mequilibrium which is the only clinically validated uh, you know resilience building program on the market today and what we you know what we see is that when we can um help people be more uh, resilient in the midst of these pressures. Uh, you know and and basically self-manage their emotional, cognitive, even physical reactions in the midst of adversity. We give them the power to go, you know, to go forward. Right. So it's you know it, holistic in the sense that um it's, you know it it is, you know, more about mental, emotional, physical, and also the external world. Whereas, you know, the old thinking is that it's the external world, you know, stuff happens to me. But when we think about it, as you're saying it holistically, or starting from within, which is how I prefer to
0: talk Mm -hmm. about it, Richard,
1: then we can, we can take our power to affect the outcome.
0: I like what you're saying there and it resonates with me because I think a, a huge shift for me on the leadership front has been when I understood that the, the kind of the order of things, um, and when I say order of things, how I look at the situation, how I look at life, it starts from a higher to a lower. And the higher to me is the spiritual, then the intellectual, and then the physical, right? And I think a lot of times what I've been doing in the past or what we a lot of us do is we start with the physical first, right? Right. Right. We go physical, intellectual, and spiritual, or physical, spiritual, intellectual. Either way, that doesn't work. And so if you start with the spiritual, intellectual, and then the physical, then it seems to kind of click for me. I don't know. That's my thoughts.
1: I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you.
0: I, I suppose imagine, um, again, I come from the Marine Corps, and I suppose if I went into an organization and talked about, and this is the resistance I've, received a lot of times when i try to sell my services is like oh well you're from the marine corps you're all about command and control and it's the exact opposite and i think maybe maybe the resistance with you it might be in the other end is like okay this is a little too soft for me a little uh squishy mm-hmm. um what do you t- what do you say to that and i'm sure you get some of that resistance
1: well i do i actually think it's changing
0: but i agree I do- yeah
1: I, I do see that, um, you know, people um, in business uh, are uh, very concerned, you know, that, you know, they often say, well, you know, we, our concern is the bottom line or organization, you know, op- organizational efficiencies, operating effectiveness, s- things like that. And, you know, they want hard, uh, you know, hard data about hard problems. Right. But, right, right. But um, or, you know, or hard skills, you know, let's say that. But but the reality is that um, increasingly, I think leaders and, uh, you know, leading people in organizations are understanding that in order to, uh, you know, uh, acclimate the workforce to the changing uh you know climate of business and how their companies have to transform that getting the you know the soft squishy stuff getting the cultural stuff the values right um, are is very very important and I think that there are a lot of trends that have just gotten you know business people so confounded today (laughs) that they're more open and receptive to these changes
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of times these problems that you see and, um, like even the, the United kind of fiasco or these airlines thing. I think to me, if, you know, take, look, take a step back and look at the whole situation. I think that whole problem to me stems from, it's a cultural problem. It wasn't so uh, much, absolutely. you know, I mean, let alone my father would be rolling over in the grave. If I was drug off an airplane, let's not. Let's 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 ignore that fact of it. But there was so, you know, there's so many steps that could have prevented it got to that point. But I think the reason why they they it didn't stop, why someone didn't make the call, is because they were relying on policies and procedures instead of reflecting on the culture of who they are. And that is a bigger question. It's like, does a large organization like a United or American really even can they really wrap their arms around who they really are? Does that make sense?
1: It totally makes sense. I I agree with you. So you know my take on United and the and the and the the um the debacle is that that they encountered is that you know in a rules based culture
0: mm-hmm. the
1: problem is that rules can trump success exactly you know it, it's almost like and and you know I think that it although I'm not you know, I'm not able to speak about this from the, in terms of the military, you brought that up earlier, but you know, there are lots of different industries that, that are rules based, you know, that, 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 that thrive on rules. And when we think about it, you know, leaders, leaders today, um, you know, when you think about banking and you think about technology and you think about communications and you think about airlines, you know, there are so many, um, we, you know, we've ratcheted up the rules to the point where uh, rules are running the company, they have to. They protect the company, but they can become an obstacle to success yep. when they when they are the focus. When teams run by the rules rather than run by solving the problem and 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 being flexible, then uh, we you know we ultimately uh, face the consequences, and and I, that's what I that's how United, the United thing really
0: struck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I think that the the whole idea of these rules, these regulations, these policies, these procedures, look, they're all there for good intentions. I mean, I come from an aviation background right. where I live and die by rules. They're there for a reason. A lot of them are written, uh, literally written in blood. I mean, that's why you have these emergency procedures, these memory items and everything else. But every time, and I always bring this up in every manual that I've flown, an aircraft manual that told me about this plane, particularly in the military, it said, you know, you will learn everything there is about in this manual. It's your duty to know all the limitations, the procedures, the policies. If you don't, bad things will happen. But there's a caveat sentence underneath that. It says, however, this manual is not a substitute for sound judgment and common sense. And I think that's where people lose the focus. You know, when a gate agent is sitting there and saying, oh, well, my rules say I can only take you up to $1,500, you know. And, right. Uh, and but- the ru- the rules say that uh, a crew... You know, Trump's a paying passenger, and this and that. Okay, but let's use some common sense here, right? And what can we do? And if you if you tapped into the culture, those decisions become easier.
1: I completely agree with you. And so, you know, for for um, and and for leaders today, what this, you know, this my second takeaway about this is, you know, how do you, so then you're sitting with with how do you protect your business? you know with rules and and a culture that follows regulations and at the same time empower your your you know your employees to be you know both in compliance but also effective right you know you know what i mean it's it, it's like where where do you um you know ha- how do you do those these are these are and and that's why i think that Leaders today, if they're not, um, taking, you know, if they're not more interested in the sort of softer, um, skills and, you know, the cultural and value implications to, um, you know, that, that are, that they're, that are in their businesses today. If they're not already there, they're getting there because these are big, thorny problems that can lead, you know, you know, to, to, um, you know, really significant losses
0: oh yeah i mean i think to me you know my simple mind i break it down into you know every decision we make every decision um no matter how innocuous or how large you're either doing it out of fear or you're doing it out of love i mean let's face it and the reality is most of our stuff is done in fear right and i mean that united thing is completely a fear-based decision-making process you know
1: yeah i think that um you know what so i was struck by in addition to um you know this uh, this idea I, i had a couple of other you know insights from that in addition to the need to um you know not focus on your roles to the to the extent that um your customer success is, you know, is impaired. I think that, um, the, you know, the other theme that really stuck out was that, um, somewhere along the line, they had lost empathy. Yeah. You know, it's like, and where did that happen? You know, because, The, you know, the messaging of these airlines, I mean, I think United is like the friendly skies, right? Right. So it's like, where does the friendly skies turn in, you know, where, where, why is that not um, sort of embraced by all of those employees? You know, like how often do we feel that people are really friendly and that there's true empathy with the airlines? You know, I don't think of them. As um, you know, one of the greatest service cultures, and um I mean, the, although you know, there are always great people in every industry, but in general, I think you know, the easiest way to get someone to you know to, to make a joke is that you know the the idea of a uh, you know, someone at the uh, you know involved in the airlines like not being friendly to the customers. We that's a pretty you know, standard thing. Um, so you know, empathy is is, um, really important because without it, uh, you know, you can, you can sort of carry on and think you're right and really have no idea. You know, you're not relating to the people that you are serving. And then what happens is you, um, you know, the other side of that is that you can't get them to rely on you. You know, it's sort of like, you know, empathy becomes a two way street. And when we don't help, you know, we we can't relate to other people. um, We, there's this, you know, it it, it brings up all these problems with trust and support that ultimately lead to our inability to, um, you know, to, to get people to
0: help us. I can't agree more. I mean, there's a, there's certainly a um, an empathy deficit in the culture at large, I mean, and then you, then you take the airline industry where, it's such a commodity business now. You know, this isn't 1962 where, it's you know a treat to fly. It's a necessity. We have to get there. It is right. literally like a you know a bus station. It, it really is. I mean, it's it's it's, it's more it's, like a bus station. It right? really is, and um, it makes it challenging on both fronts, both the employees and the and the passengers, and but the but the challenge. I mean, it's certainly on the burden certainly rests more with uh, the company to be that empathetic side. I mean, having that EQ quotient is kind mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta tell you, I mean, that is to me, that is a difference maker of a successful individual, a successful organization. If you can exercise that and, and do that, I mean, the, the world is, will be a completely different place. I mean, there's some great examples. I mean, I see it every day when I'm flying. I mean, there's some great gate agents. There's some great, Flight attendants, but there's some bad ones too, and and it's like that's not my job, you know, and yeah. So how do you get to that culture? It's a that's a, it's a it is a thorny question, but I think you're you're tapping into something that well, you, you can get there yeah. if, if you focus on the EQ side of it for sure.
1: So we find, and we work with a lot of companies that, um, and a lot of leaders, but also um, companies that have tens of thousands of frontline workers who are touching customers, you know, call centers and service industries and uh, people who are driving trucks and, you know, knocking on doors, things like that. Um, and we find that um, it's critical to build um, both personal and organizational resilience into the company. Uh, and, um, you know, there are some core, uh, you know, we, we actually, I think of this as a, you know, as almost um, a scientific model, not almost, I think of this as a scientific model of, of, you know, skills and progression that, that creates this arc of resi- you know, that, that creates this sort of umbrella of resilience yeah. and allow, and it allows people to grow and adapt and be agile to whatever's happening. And, you know what we are seeing is that there are um, a, a couple of uh, key components to this, um, which maybe I'll just you know take you through. Sure. So you know, number one, um, well, first of all, underscoring you know all of this in terms of if you if you want to improve your culture and build a, a re, you know a resilient workforce the underlying, you know, what I call operating principle has to be and has to start with integrity. Yeah. And, you know, that is transparency, you know, not that you share everything, but being open, you know, like, so owning, you know, owning the problem. One of the things that happened at United was the first message was, we didn't, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. wrong, So, you know, we've, Mm -hmm. we've got to be, you know, and even being transparent about, you know, had had they, had they explained that they had to get a a, a crew somewhere, you know, had, had they asked the, the unfortunate passenger who was dragged off whether he had to, you know, whether it was, it was, you know, critical that he get there, you know, had they, had they been transparent with each other, but, but in addition to that, are they, um, you know, are they owning the situation? Are you willing to own your problems? And then thirdly, and I think this is one of the most important things for leaders to understand, that the value you deliver to your customers, the value you deliver and the values you run your business by, these need to be aligned. Yeah. So, for example, you know, if we value um, – you know, if, if, if we value, um, you know, friendliness and customer service, then, uh, and, and if, if, if the value that we're delivering is efficient customer service, and then, then we can't run the business based on saving money. We have to run the business based on customer service. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, You know, that's, that's going to be very difficult. Now, you know, when we, when we can, uh, help lead, you know, when leaders can, can really stand up and say to themselves, all right, this company is built on delivering these kind, con- this kind of value to its customers. So in order to do that, you know, our values have to be very aligned with that. And now we have to get all of the people in our company because they're the ones touching all of these these customers all day. Um, we have to get everyone lined up with that. And that is the challenge for today's world. Yeah, and Does I think that make sense it makes
0: perfect sense. And I think that you've got to be maniacal about it. I really do. I think that the, yeah. the, the the main charge of the senior leadership, and this goes to those CEOs, and I know that they got a lot of pressures from the board of directors and the shareholders – and, you know, driving the bottom line. But I mean, just even looking at American, the company that I work, where they missed the boat, you know, h- here we are in the middle of this debacle and said, well, we're going to take four inches out of, you know, each row and see if we can get another row of seats in. W- right. Why do that now? You know, and, I, and it's all for when, especially when you're already making millions of dollars of profits in the quarter, right? And it's right. just like, well, why do that now? And there's, there's this, this huge lack of, of emphasis on the customer and it's going to, it's going to bite them someday. It already well, I is. I think it know? is
1: change. You know, I think, you, changing, I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I, you know, and I think that the old school or, you know, the, the, you know, the, the old school was, this is all about shareholder value. Right. And I think the new school, increasingly what you see is that um, because we live in an age of transparency, we live in an age where, um, people are not um, willing to, um, you know, you know. The whole nature of work is changing. People don't work someplace for 25 years, no. especially, you know, the 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 latest generation of workers, um, millennials. They are, you know, they are in it for. Um, for for the purpose, you know, they they need to align with the mission of the company. They need to feel good about the purpose, and they need to be growing because it's a gig economy, yeah. and they're going to move on if it's not, you know, if it if they're not getting what they need. And in this kind of environment, it's not just about the shareholders. It's almost like the the quid, you know, the value exchange or the you know the the, the has changed, and it's about take care of your employees and they will take care of your customers and it will be revealed in the share price.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I know (laughs) exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, if if, if that is, that is the missing, that's what a lot of these, these companies are missing. And right. um, And
1: when you think about the best companies today, they are consumer centric customer companies and they are, you know, and they are run by teams of teams of teams of people who, you know, all of whom have to understand the values of the business and feel that that is aligned with the value that they deliver to their customers every day. Absolutely. So, you know, the hard thing is how do you do that? You know, how do you get 75,000 or 200,000 people to kind of pivot and walk in another, you know, and, and walk that, that talk. And I, I, think that it going back to the beginning of this conversation, it starts with our thoughts, you know, it starts with our thinking styles, and the way we, um, you know, sort of interpret what's going on around, you know, the way we enter or manage ourselves in the midst of these high pressure uh, situations. And, you know, some of the um, components of those thinking styles that are the most positive are for example being open you know like being open to change as opposed to being kind of resolute um, being able to um you know encourage people around you to gain perspective you know like to have this kind of like okay let's you know let's get perspective on this as opposed to let's just charge ahead because this is the rule and let's empower people to be agile to solve problems not just follow the rules you know, when, going back to what I said originally, not just right, but effective. Like, we're, we're, we're not doing this because it's in the rule book. We're doing this because it's going to work. And if it's not going to work, then we need to figure out a workaround. And um, and that's the agility. And, and um, you know, and then lastly, kind of the grit or perseverance that it takes people to um, stay with it and stay the course until they do solve the problem.
0: Yeah. So, Well, I love what you're doing. I, I, I mean, I, how do people get in touch with you? I mean, I, I imagine uh, all the work you do at Mequilibrium um, helps organizations and individuals particularly from the CEO all the way down to the frontline employees to uh, become more resilient. So how can people get in, in touch with you?
1: Well, um, people can get in touch with me at Jan at Mequilibrium.com. And maybe you'll have that on your website I will. or something, mm-hmm. Richard. Yep. But, you know, essentially what MeQuilibrium does, we, we work with uh, Fortune 1000 companies um, and we help both the leadership and all of their employees with a cloud-based, um, highly personalized, but, you know, delivered digitally to, to the individuals, uh, resilience building program that um, helps people learn to be more resilient in the midst of you know, their, the adversity in their jobs or their lives, you know, whatever it is. And we actually can help teams be more resilient. So some of the things that I was talking to you about in terms of managing your thoughts so that you can better manage through adversity, we can actually teach people to be more open and to have, you know, to to be more agile in the midst of problems and and um, have the perseverance to you know keep going in the midst of tough situations and frankly develop a, a sense of purpose you know that they make a difference every day. Because if every airline you know attendant felt That they are critical to the mission of United Airlines and that that day it is their job to solve problems, to be open and to be agile. And if everyone felt like if they weren't at their best, the the business would suffer, then I think we would have very different outcomes. And And that's what Mequilibrium helps companies achieve.
0: Love it. Well said. I'll have links to all of this on the post and links to you, links to Mequilibrium. Again, Jan, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a fun conversation.
1: It's my pleasure. Take care, Richard.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. Go to richardryerson.com or doseofleadership.com and fill out the contact page and reach out to me. Let me know where you're at your leadership journey. Also, if you want access to my brand new online leadership course to help become a better leader, go to legacyleaderblueprint.com fill out your email and you gain access to a free 12-minute video that will reveal the top secrets of leadership and also show you how you can gain access, exclusive access, to my online leadership course. That's LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. Hope to see you on the inside. Thanks for tuning into the show.